Blog Talk Radio. Watching the 2019 Royal Rumble and what it entailed and what it showed the WWE universe and fans who tend to go in and out of watching WWE, they just want to see the, I call it the major four, the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, and whatnot. 30 men, 30 women, one ring, one dream, one equal dream. And that is to headline WrestleMania 35 to face their respective choice of champion. I must say, ladies and gents, after what took place inside Chase Field, I mean, it's amazing. The 3D graphics were amazing. The very first match right out the gate set the tone for the evening. And I'm referring to Becky versus Asuka. You want to talk about back and forth? You want to talk about matches that make you go, holy shit? Yeah. Becky had one of those amazing matches with Asuka. It's just she came up short. Then, you know, shortly thereafter, you had... Sasha Banks versus Ronda Rousey. And uh, let's just say that match was nothing short of amazing. It was okay for what it was. I mean, it was very, it was a competitive match. At least it would, you know, in some people's eyes, it may not have been. I don't know. I don't have 2020 vision to begin with, so I couldn't tell you what. Others saw what others thought, what others felt. But I can just say my assessment of that match was it was a perfect setup for the man. And I will get that or get into that later tonight. What I can gather, folks, is when you watch championship matches, especially at Rumble always think there's there's a silver lining, right? Sure. Becky did not beat Asuka. And sure, Sasha did not beat Ronda. But had Sasha beat Ronda Rousey at the 2019 pay-per-view Royal Rumble at Chase Field, 
how would that not be a wrench into WWE's plan for the man? I mean, there's several things that come to mind. What if Sasha Banks won her match against Ronda? What if Finn Balor would have defeated Brock Lesnar? And the reason why I'm traipsing about outside, folks, is i got to get my notes. So we're going to pause 10 seconds for station identification right here on Off the Rails on Censored Part 1. Championship, Buddy Murphy had a fatal four-way <clears throat> with Akira Tozawa, Hideo Itami, and Kalisto. Still managed to maintain that. I mean, it's amazing. Ever since the Australian thing, Mabob, in Sydney, or not in Sydney, but in the, his backyard, if you will. He's retained. Now, Shinsuke Nakamura went one-on-one with Rusev. Lana did provide a distraction of sorts. After all, she did stand up on the apron, and, uh, well, you saw what happened. Nakamura hit Rusev in the back of the head. One, two, three. Voila. You have a new United States champion. Or, as Graves put it, now it's the United States of Nakamura. Takes care pre-show. I had three pages worth of recordings. Holy shit! Oh, and Takeover Phoenix. Before I get too much into Royal Rumble, Takeover Phoenix was half and half. One of the greatest things ever to happen is that a team with the name, of course, people are going to say Warriors, Raiders. Well, Raiders sounds more fitting, don't you think? The War Raiders won a tag team championship and they did it in Phoenix, Arizona. How awesome is that? The War Raiders won against Undisputed's Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly. I couldn't be happier for that. Then he had some awards before that. Before I get into the matches, folks, there were some awards for NXT like Breakout Star 2018 Tommaso Ciampa, NXT North American Champion. Oh, actually, it was Ricochet. Match of the Year, Johnny Gargano versus Andrade Cien Almas. Male Competitor of the Year was Tommaso Ciampa. Big shocker there. Female Competitor of the Year was Kyrie Sane. Tag Team of the Year, Undisputed Era. And overall, 
Kyrie Sane. So you had, of course, let's get to the matches, folks, shall we? The War Raiders defeated Undisputed Era. Matt Riddle beat Cassius Ono by submission. Johnny Gargano is the new North American champion in NXT. Bianca Belair came just a you know, hair short against Shayna Baszler. Aleister Black lost in the main event to Tommaso Ciampa, who retained. All right, so you had Bobby Roode and Chad Gable versus Scott Dawson and Razar, which is a very bizarre pairing. You had Nakamura versus Rusev for the U.S. championship match. And then you had the Cruiserweight title on Kalisto, Hideo Itami, and Buddy Murphy. Then the other page, folks, that I'm just slipping and looking through. The SmackDown Live Women's Championship was the very first match on the card. Very back and forth between Becky and Asuka. Shocker there. Miz and Shane versus Sheamus and Cesaro for the SmackDown Live Women's Championship. The reason why I say it was back and forth is because Asuka did a freaking weird reverse neck submission. So Becky could barely breathe. Tap, tap. Isn't Shane defeated Sheamus and Cesaro? That's kind of a shocker there on that one. You have the new tag team champions. You have the Raw Women's Championship, Sasha versus uh, Ronda. Good back and forth, I believe, in my opinion, although a lot of people are going to dispute me on that. I don't care. You have Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles for the SmackDown Live World Heavyweight Championship. Eric Rowan. Came out and ran interference. I'm not so shocked about that, but you know, it is what it is. All right, so you had <clears throat> after Sasha Ronda, you had the 30 woman Royal Rumble. First entrant, let's go down the list, shall we? The lady of NXT is now the lady of Raw or lady of WWE, as she likes to proclaim herself, Lacey Evans who did really, really impressive things during the Royal Rumble match for the women's side of things. Then you had Corey Graves' obsession as the second entrant, Mandy Rose. Then, of course, actually Natalia was the first. Lacey Evans was second. Mandy Rose was third. Liv Morgan entered fourth. Nikki James at number five. Ember Moon, Billy Kay from the Iconics. Nikki Cross, she knows. Peyton Royce, iconic again. Tamina, Zia Lee from the May Young Classic. Sarah Logan from the Riot Squad. Charlotte Flair at the unlucky number 13. Kyrie Sane, Maria Kanellis at number 15. <clears throat> 16, Candace. Actually, no, that was Naomi. 17 was Candace LeRae. Alicia Fox came in, or came in at number 18. Casey Catanzaro, Zelina Vega, which, <coughs> folks, it was funny. Oh, my Lord. She hit under the ring, and, you know, Hornswoggle come out, or come outside underneath the ring. I about lost my shit. That was some funny, funny, funny shit. Okay, Ruby Riot, Dana Brooke, Io Shirai, Rhea Ripley from NXT UK, Sonya Deville, Alexa Bliss, Bailey. Lana, ooh, poor Lana, not really. Nia Jax, and then Carmella at number 30. 
there are some amazing things that happen in the women's Royal Rumble, and this is why I titled it "Silver: The Silver Linings of the Royal Rumble. At least we got Becky. At least we had a, a, a good back-and-forth match between uh, Sasha Banks and Ronda Rousey, even though you know, some things could be improved upon. But it set up a good story. So Rhea Ripley eliminated a few people. Let's see here down the list. You have a lot of eliminations by Lacey Evans, and one of the iconics eliminated Nikki Cross. Go figure. I wish Nikki could have lasted longer, but that's aside from the point. So get to the bread and butter, right? Should we get fast forward? You notice, folks, the four horsewomen, except for, okay, minus Sasha, was involved in the Royal Rumble. It was Charlotte, Becky, Bailey. That made it towards the end. Of course, Bailey came in late. She almost would have won. She eliminated uh, Ruby. You know, Tamina Snuka did okay. Io Shirai, Kyrie Sane, Viley—those were very, very impressive competitors in the women's Royal Rumble. Um, so Becky came out after she saw Lana was hurt. She took her opportunity. And who wouldn't? This is WrestleMania 35 we're talking about. You either have a choice of sitting, you know, complaining in the back about how you got fucked over. Not Becky, not the man. She came down to that ring. She basically beat the face breaker, as she likes to call herself, Nia Jax, into oblivion. Then Nia, of course, had to make it dramatic. She pulls Becky and Becky lands on awkwardly on her knee. She takes a minute, you know, to get in there with Charlotte. Charlotte gets knocked out. Thank heaven. Now you have the dramatic stage set for WrestleMania 35. Should I even cover Finn Balor versus Lesnar? I, um, well, I'll get to them later. But the silver linings, folks, was that Becky Lynch won. Eric Rowan came back from the injured list and helped out Daniel Bryan. There's some question marks there. The match between AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. Some say now it's it's scarred because Daniel had to cheat. Well, in all honesty, folks, what would you have done if you knew the title was going to slip through your fingers? Or Daniel had, Daniel had a place had a plan in place. Therefore, all right. But now, thing is out. It's my show, obviously. Should I? Should I not say what's really off my mind? Going to. I'm going to, folks, because after all, it is Monday. We all got a bitch about something, right? Five minutes left. Well, this is going to be kind of a semi-long rant, but you get the gist. This is the time on my show in which buckle your fucking seatbelts and all the fucking... If you have children, I suggest you put them in the room, put their earphones on, because shit's about to get real on Off the Rails Uncensored. Dig it. Look in my- 
for Strowman Lesnar at Mania 35. I don't know, because Seth Rollins was the one who won the Men's Royal Rumble, which, to be honest with you, in my opinion as a fan, the Men's Royal Rumble was okay. It wasn't that good. It just seems like, to me, there's so many elements in there that did not make sense. Like, for example, why did Ambrose not last as long? Okay, I don't care if he won, but, I'm, you know, also... Ziggler was in the Royal Rumble. Cool. Now I'm going to focus on the men's Royal Rumble since I did give the women a fair shake. I have the men's on the first page. Bear with me. It's Elias was the first entrant. Then you have J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T. Jeff Jarrett, ain't he great? You have Nakamura, Kurt Angle, Big E, Johnny Gargano, Jinder Mahal, Samoa Joe, Kurt Hawkins, Seth Rollins, Titus, Kofi Kingston, Mustafa Ali, Ambrose, Noe Jose, Drew McIntyre, Xavier, yeah, Xavier Woods, Pete Dunne, Andrade Cianomas, Apollo Crews, Aleister Black, Shelton Benjamin, Baron Corbin, Jeff Hardy, Rey Mysterio, Bobby Lashley, Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, Randy Orton, and R-Truth. Nia Jax took the place of R-Truth because she knocked him out of the equation. Big shocker there, right? Some shit's always going to go down whether you like it or I like it. I didn't mind it, to be honest with you. I just I thought it was some kind of it was different. It was definitely different, folks. Okay? I don't say this often, but my goodness, you know, it's cool to see how things are progressing in WWE as far as Battle Royals go. Now, as I always say, please, for the love of God, <clears throat> change shit up every once in a while because it'd be nice to give your fans a different look instead of the same the same thing the same result maybe it's for the better maybe it's the bigger picture that I'm not seeing and we as fans tend to critique a lot about what we don't know about the inner workings of how creative works this that the other if I was the booker I would have booked it to be this way. Honestly, man, I watch the show and I say to myself, okay, how often are we told we don't know what we want? How often are we told we're very spoiled or 
this isn't about one fan. This is about many. Well, to tell you the truth, folks, when you look at look at the tail of the tape, whoever wins a match to get a qualifying match for the WWE Universal Championship, they might as well just say, okay, let's lead a lamb to slaughter because, okay, Ambrose, Reigns, Goldberg, Owens. It's just unreal. Is this guy like the unbeatable boss on in, in the end of Mortal Kombat? I don't know. I just, you know, personally, dudes, cows, whomever, listening to my show, what's up, UK? What's up, Canada? What's up, United States? What's up, Mexico City? What's up, Australia? For those of you tuning into this madness, it's getting to sound like a broken. It's beginning to sound like a broken fucking record. So, am I supposed to see as me and others supposed to see the bigger picture? Eventually, you're gonna have to take that title off of Lesnar because the motherfucker never showed up last year. He showed up around the important contractual obligations, or for the important contractual obligations for which he was contracted. But the problem is. Fans are not reciting what Heyman is saying, depending on which region he's in. And he was in Arizona. Normally, at this point in time, you would hear, the reigning, defending, universal heavyweight champion of the world, Brock Lesnar. I have to crack my voice to say it, but you know what? It's not only the banter inside the ring that the fans are not into, it's because... When someone says you're force-feeding us, it gets translated into we don't know the business, we don't know the sacrifice that goes in, we don't know this, that, the other. Okay, I'm going to say it. Whenever you present us with something that looks like a bowl of shit, literally, you say you're giving the fans what we want. So was this another shitty attempt at giving us what we want? As I said, there's silver linings, at, you know, for Royal Rumble that I can point out very, very much so. But at the same time as a fan, okay, so how much longer are we going to have to endure the champion not showing his ass up to shows? They force-fed him down our throats last year in 2018, and it got a negative reaction. That's why... A lot of fans are branching out to other organizations like AEW, who's certainly you know having its coming out party. Uh, Ring of Honor has always never. Ring of Honor since 2002 has been very loyal to what the fans would like. Some are very picky. Some are very oh yeah okay let's be picky choosy with what we like and what's presented to us. But let's look at the bigger picture. Okay. So you give us Becky Lynch, thank you. But why the fuck you hype up Finn Balor for all of that, leading to Strowman, Rollins, and Lesnar? I don't know. I don't do the booking in WWE, thank God, because no one's ever satisfied. No matter how you book, no matter what you do, no matter what you present. So why the fuck are we giving Lesnar 
every time. It's like going to a restaurant and not wanting to try something new. There are people that, you know, like that. They like their familiarity. They like their surroundings. I just find it hard to believe that you can't find someone else to hold that championship that that championship that does not exist. Um, yeah, he showed up the first few times on Raw because you guys wanted to prove a point. And I'm not going to be specific as in names to point fingers and be like, okay, yeah, well, you're the problem because he never shows up for work and he never defends the fucking title. It sounds like a broken record, all right. Because I can go to watch Ring of Honor and I can see Jay Lethal every single time that he's at Ring of Honor or at an event and not have an issue with how things are done. Because, you know, different company, different organization, different way of doing things, right? At least their champions show up. And fans, you know, we're told if your favorite wrestler did not win or if... if you know, I'm not one of those that says, okay, I'm going to turn it into something that starts to create drama. I'm just going to be like, okay, so are we supposed to see the bigger picture then? Are we supposed to be like, yeah, we we absolutely love the fact that they're basing their company or the, the guy that's supposed to be the head honcho, the locker room leader, supposed to be a representative of, of WWE? So what happened to the Bruno San Martinos, the Hulk Hogan's, the Ultimate Warriors, the the Andre the Giants, Macho Man Randy Savages, the Shawn Michaels? What happened to that? Did the did the morals and principles of a fighting champion go out the fucking window? Um, I don't really understand because if you ask some fans, they say Lesnar. You know, we like saying Suplex City, or we like him because of Paul Heyman. Yeah, you know, Heyman's a great hype guy, guys, but hello, see the bigger picture. As in, the Universal Championship is non-existent when it's in Lesnar's hands. It'd be like if you were to go to an independent show and somebody did not defend that title and they kept wanting to say, well, here's my title you can't get it because it's always going to end in a draw or count out or there's going to be some screw job. That's kind of some crooked shit. Like what the fuck, man? People are saying, well, you're not understanding. This is how this, this is how wrestling works. Really? So we're just supposed to turn a blind eye to what's going on in the ring. So as, as a former worker, I can say that, um, I can go under that moniker. I'm just going to say the following. If you think that Lesnar is a draw, no. Numbers for his T-shirts, please run them by me so that I can see the bullshit that is in sales for Lesnar's T-shirts. Two, he's not as explosive as he once was in 2002. Three, whatever lower intestine problem he has, he can blow it out his ass with all the other excuses he has as to why he cannot show up to a live house show or why 
whenever he defends his universal championship, is there something in his contract, like, you know, the New England Patriots with the referees or whomever? Because I would like to know. How is it fucking possible that a talent that, you know, like Finn Bauer loses to a guy like Lesnar or like Samoa Joe or Kevin Owens, guys that could easily put the WWE in a good place as far as representing the championship, the universal championship that is. There there should be better representation is what I'm getting at. Now, the Royal Rumble, like I said, there are silver linings. The fact that Becky Lynch won the Women's Royal Rumble and she had to earn her way. So, folks, on the horizon you have the first ever Women's Tag Team Championships and Tamina and Nia qualified for that. So, I'm going to say, there are, let's see here, at Elimination Chamber match, because I have a feeling SmackDown Live is going to have qualifying matches as well. I'm just going to say it. There are silver linings that came out of this. But... There's probably just one or two, I guess, that I could think of. I'm not really... I'm not really sure how else to word it. It's just... You say you're going to give us what we want. At least we got Becky. At least we have her. Because the other two matches that were on the card, okay, Nakamura become champion again. Shane and Miz, uh, I'm not, okay. Cool, something new. But other than that, folks, mm, it's hard as a fan to be like, okay, well, you shouldn't just focus on one wrestling. There's other wrestling that can make you happy. Yeah, it's called Wrestling Revolver. It is called Ring of Honor. It is called New Japan Wrestling. And various other organizations that have wrestling that actually reaches out to the fans. So is one match going to ruin it for the rest of us? No. But it makes us wonder when you say things like, we're going to give you what you want. They're going to give you, you give us what we want. Here's a thought. Go full circle with it because you're going to lose a lot more fans if you keep the strap on Lesnar. Just saying. And if he loses at Mania, sure, okay, cool. It took you how long to get the title off of his ass? It took you how long? All right. Well, folks, that'll do it for now and off the rails. And since we're joining Granny Holster and I tomorrow, Actually, before I give this enough, I'm just going to say a few things. When you promise the fan base, especially the WWE Universe, to give us what we want, make sure that you go full fucking throttle on it. Make sure that you don't dip out. Make sure that you 
listen to what we're saying because, or actually watch, pay attention on social media, peel your eyeballs up with a piece of tape, because I'm sure, I'm sure there's a lot of general consensus that Lesnar is not good representation for that Universal Championship. It doesn't matter if it's Finn Balor or Seth Rollins, anybody but Lesnar. That's the new slogan. All right, all right, folks. Join me and Granny Hulkster tomorrow, 2:30 Eastern. Actually, 2 o'clock Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Central. You can catch Granny always on Tuesdays. She's no longer with us on Wednesdays after. It's one of the last shows, yeah, actually, on Wednesday. So, all right, folks, that does it for now. So, to those bitches I got to eat, dig it.